Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Unending Rebuild. Super happy to be back again for another show, and thank you, everybody, for checking us out and listening. Joining me, as always, are the wonderful Josh Lee and Jared Perlman. Guys, say what's up. What up, guys? Josh Lee here. Uh, super excited to be talking about the second round of Rookie Dress, because this is a deep class. Um, now we hit on all the first-round guys last week um and we love all the first round players but there are some guys in the second round who i am super high on as well uh so excited to uh talk about that with uh with the boys today what's up guys it's jared here happy to be back for another episode talking these rookies uh we've got through our first round of our personal rookie drafts uh we're not done with all of them yet but we're in a few rookie drafts and uh i think now that uh We've gotten through that. I'm going to be more free, able to talk to these players with these guys, you know, give a little insight. I couldn't let them into my my secrets, my thoughts. We all had first round draft picks. So let's get through these second round guys and uh, have some fun talking our favorite landing spots and everything. Yeah, let's do it. So last episode, like they were saying, we went through the first round, about the first 10 guys or so. Uh, I think the end of first rounds are starting to look a bit different and ambiguous. And that's when you kind of like break from like the really defined tiers. You know, once you get past like the Addison, Johnston, uh, Flowers tier, then it gets a bit more just fluid. Uh, and the first guy that I really want to talk about is someone that Josh actually took yesterday is uh, Dalton Kincaid. Really, really interesting spot there. And you like that the Bills trade up to get him. Uh and that he's going to be attached with Josh Allen. Clearly they have a plan for him, you'd think, because, you know, they gave Dawson Knox a lot of money, but they're different players. And we all liked Kincaid going through the process. So, Josh, you took him yesterday. Um, what was your thought process there? What are you thinking about Kincaid that puts him above, like, the the A-chain Kendra Miller group? So I drafted Bijan um, earlier in the draft, so I – thought that I already had my like rookie running back that I was happy with. And my running back room is already pretty solid. Um, I had Bijan Robinson, Austin Eckler, JK Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, um, pretty solid running back room. Um, and my tight end room was a little bit weak. Um, it's like Dalton Schultz, Gerald Everett. Um, I can't remember who my last, Oh, and David Njoku. And so like, it's, it's okay. But like, I didn't have a guy that I could just like set and forget. Um, and I know that you shouldn't necessarily draft for need, but that was kind of my tiebreaker um, because Dalton Kincaid is a guy who's going to one of the best offenses in the NFL. Um, he, the, like, the Bills have said that they want to use him as like a big slot receiver, and that aligns with kind of how he played at Utah. Um, a lot of his snaps, I think like 56% of his snaps at Utah were either in the slot or out wide. Um so he's essentially just a big slot receiver um, who can line up in line and block as well. Um, I know he still needs a little bit of work uh, on the blocking. Um, and I think that that learning curve won't be as steep for him because the Bills will opt to use him in the slot. Isaiah McKenzie has left this offseason, and they don't really have another guy who uh, specializes as a slot player. So... Uh, Dalton Kincaid, in my opinion, had a lot of upside. Um, he was a basketball player in high school. Didn't even start playing football until his senior year. Um, so I'm excited to, to see where, uh, where the ceiling really is for Dalton Kincaid because uh, I, I know uh, there's one guy out there that uh, uh, has – I've heard the name floated around in terms of a comparison for Dalton Kincaid, but um, I'm, I'm excited to see if he can reach that ceiling. Say the name. <laughs> Say it. Put it on record. Compare him to Travis Kelsey. You won't. You won't. Uh, the Bills got their Travis Kelsey. So uh, let's go, Dalton Kincaid. <laughs> no, I like. I mean, obviously, I think you know we like Kincaid. Ranked in my highest, he was nice. Uh, it hey, it's a big offense. Like got got a lot of passing volume. Exciting, fun, great quarterback, and a perfect fit there. So and we don't like our tight ends to block. We like our tight ends catching passes. So I was a super. Super, super happy to get him at 14 in our other draft. So I hope he blossoms into the player we want him to be. He, uh, he need to work on the contact balance because Travis Kelsey goaded. I'm gonna say it again. Uh, but you know, uh, he he is a little shifty in the field in the open field. He's a big dude. Don't be scared off by the fifth year senior. 
thing, uh, you know, like Josh said, he started playing football pretty late, went to smaller school. So uh, I like Kincaid. I think he's going to do really well. I, I am interested to see how long it takes, though. Um, I mean, he's not he, he is not the prospect Kyle Pitts is. And Kyle Pitts had like the best tight rookie tight end, second best, whatever, behind Dicka that we've ever seen. And so what are people really predicting from Kincaid? Is it a down season if he doesn't do that? Are people like lower on him? Are they upset? Like how how are people going to feel if that doesn't happen? But uh, my team sucks that I have him on, so we got another year to go, uh, and and we won't worry about this year. Yeah, I think another like another thing that um, kind of sold me on the Kincaid pick uh, because I, Mangles and I were between Kincaid or A Chain, um, and the thing that sold me was Josh Allen really likes to use the middle of the field. Um, and this past season, he didn't really have a guy that he could throw to in the middle of the field. I mean, they signed Isaiah McKenzie, hoping that he could kind of operate that underneath area. And he didn't really do much. I think he only had like 40 receptions on the year. Um, so he and he didn't even like take that slot role and like play like a majority of the snaps. I think he only had about like a 50, 55 percent uh, snap rate, something like that. Um, so I'm excited to see Kincaid kind of operate in that role play the underneath for Josh Allen, be that sort of security blanket where we have Gabe Davis going long. We have Stefan Diggs in the intermediate and then Dalton Kincaid uh, eating up everything underneath. So uh, hopefully that's kind of the role that he's able to shape up for shape out from himself in this offense, because that's one thing that they've been lacking uh, in the past year. Yeah. That's what I wanted to touch on too, with McKenzie leaving. And he just, he wasn't able to fill that void left by who I want to bring the conversation, Cole Beasley. Uh, <laughs> really was just like I mean that sounds weird to say but Cole Beasley was like a very effective like like just safety valve for Josh Allen and you know I think Dalton Kincaid can be that and more if he's you know if he is put into that role uh you know with Knox being the more inline guy uh, they did bring in Deontay Hardy they do have clear Shakir but like I mean I think if you're if the bet is that Dalton Kincaid is better in those spots than those two receivers I think that's a pretty safe bet to make now, like Josh was saying, maybe he has a bit of a soft year this year because, like, rookie tight ends are, you know, never quite – they don't always really hit, you know. It's it's not that common. Um, I would be scrambling to buy Dalton Kincaid at the end of this year if uh, if that is the case. If he does show the promise but doesn't necessarily get the numbers, then I think that would be really smart business if you're unable to get him in the draft. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'll touch on real quick is Cole Beasley's targets over the uh, his three seasons in Buffalo. Uh, in 2019, he had 106 targets. In 2020, he had 107 targets. In 2021, he had 112 targets. Uh, so if Dalton Kincaid can fill into that role, oh, wheels up. Wheels up for the boy. Yeah, you, you'd love to see that 100 targets. I think Crowder and uh, McKenzie, like, basically had 100 targets as well uh, combined between the two. All right, moving on from Dalton Kincaid, we're getting into the next little tier here, which are some running backs. We have guys like Kendra Miller. We got um, Devin A-Chain. Um, let's go ahead and start with A-Chain over at the Dolphins. That is That is a busy depth chart right now. I don't know what the Dolphins are doing. Maybe there isn't just going to – run everyone into oblivion and uh, hope it all goes well. But, you know, one thing that I wanted to point out quickly about the Dolphins' depth chart is if guys like Gaskin or Salvin Ackman are cut, I think those are interesting guys to pick up too. If, if they are cut and they're picked up by another team, that might be just someone interesting to add to the end of your roster. Just a quick little side note. Uh, I think the talent could be there for a certain role. But for A-Chain, I really like how he fits into um, – the Mike McDaniel system, similar uh, running scheme as to uh, Mississippi State, or excuse me, God, Texas A&M. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know why it, it's the colors in SEC. They're the yeah, exact the colors same. are exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> the logos are pretty similar too. <laughs> yeah, and also Texas A&M is just not in the Southeast. Uh, but but anyway, I, I'm not as high on A-chain as really? people are. I, I just, like, don't like 185-pound running backs. Like, I mean, like, you know, it, like, it was like with James Cook last year, you know. It's, they're, they're just limited, and it has to go really, really well. 
it, I just don't see in that type of zone running scheme where these guys are getting killed all the time, how A-Chain's going to be the one that comes out unscathed if he's getting more than, like, 12 touches a game. You know, I, I just... I, you know, I just don't really see a scenario where he gets a significant workload and just only has to, and he's only going to be able to rely on being highly efficient from a fantasy perspective. I think he makes a lot of sense in them from a football perspective, but I don't know. I, like, if it were this type of profile, like mid second round, like I'd be much, I'd be cooler with that. You know, like you're getting like someone that, you know, gets that amount of touches each week. I just don't really see a scenario where it really becomes more than that, especially with that kind of depth chart. I'm a little skeptical that he would be able to maintain such a strong workload where he would be so fantasy relevant that be an end first round pick. So I thought the, one of the most intriguing landing spots, actually probably the most intriguing landing spot um, out of this tier of rookies and out of any of the second round rookies uh, or day two rookies is a chain on the dolphins because he fits the scheme perfectly. The, his speed is like tailored for this. This offense is tailored to maximize his skill set. Essentially, um, I know the Dolphins front office and Mike McDaniel were basically saying like, "This guy like fits our offense perfectly. Like we want this kid." And he was like, "I think they only had like what three or four draft picks, and they prioritized getting a chain. Um, so they took a 185 pound running back on day two, and uh, in the third round." Um, and so, yes, there's a, it's a crowded backfield, but Raheem Mostert has injury issues. Uh, Jeff Wilson doesn't have the speed and breakaway speed that, uh, uh, that A-Chain possesses. And A-Chain's a home run hitter. I mean, if you have the guys like Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill just completely opening up the, uh, the, the front seven where like they, the, the team has to play a little bit more defensive, like be wary of Tyree Kill speed. And they also have to be wary of Jalen Waddle speed. And then now they also have to be worrying about Devin A-chain speed out of the backfield. It's just another component for this offense to just really attack a defense. Um, so I think, yes, from a football perspective, it it makes their offense very, very scary. But from a fantasy perspective, he's a home run hitter. He, there's going to be times when he gets a handoff and he just takes it to the house. Um, I think that's going to happen decently often. I actually think that he might do that like three, four, five times this season just because – of the system that he's in um, and his home run hitting ability, just because his speed is just next level. It's out of this world. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I just, I, and I do, I think the dolphins were the perfect landing spot for him. I agree. And I just think that even that doesn't quite bump him up this high for me. You know, if, if it looked like all roads are leading to HN and a pick that I was having, I would definitely trade back. And uh, or would just take Kendra Miller personally, but I think he changed generally going ahead of Miller. I, I, so that's my perspective. But Jared, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I I really I proved to myself that I'll take all three of the running backs really at the back end of the first round. I'm I've had a lot of the back end of the first round picks. Uh, I ended up trading players for on the teams that did well, but I'm really happy with all of them. I I think A Chain is. It's going to be really good. I, I really liked A-Chain. I had him ranked, um, I think, as my RB6, right behind Sean Tucker, RIP. Um, but I I think uh, I think A-Chain's a really good running back. I, I hope that he can put on hopefully maybe 10, 15 pounds. Obviously, he's small, but he's dynamic, electric, a great runner between the tackles in the open field, extremely fast. He's going to be given open space by Mike McDaniel. He's going to scheme him open space uh, underneath. He's going to be a receiver is my expectation. Um, they, you know, they, they really don't have any major pass catchers outside of uh, Waddle and Tyreek. So I think a chain's going to have a big role in the offense. Um, I personally, you know, I think we all know that I love Kendry at this point. I would still take Kendry over him. Uh, but I'm taking a chain over char over Sharbs uh, every time, and then I'm taking I'm still taking Sharbs there. Uh, there's still a chance uh, that you know he does really really well in the uh, NFL. But I like both of those guys uh, better than Sharbs now uh, with the landing spots. I, I'm I'm a big Dolphins guy, as you guys know as well. So uh, cannot go wrong with the running back on the Dolphins, in my opinion. I was really happy uh, to have a chain there because he is a guy I really liked and. And happy to see day two capital. So I'm definitely down for him there uh, at at 10, 11, 12, 
thirteen, wherever you want me to take him, uh, I'm I'm taking him. Yeah, A Chain is a. Uh, I mean, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson put up good fantasy numbers last year, and they're both what like getting close to thirty years old. I think Jeff Wilson is already thirty years old. Raheem Mostert is probably pretty close, if not already thirty. Um, so both those dudes are already getting up in age, and then bringing the young gun to really uh, juice up the backfield. Uh, and I think he's going to be putting up fantasy points. So completely agree with you there, Perlman. People were begging for RB in Miami, and then they get a small one, and so all of a sudden, you know, can't can't be excited. But no, it's going to be electric. They know they want speed in that offense, and that's what he brings. So that offense is built on speed. I think, like in the like when we were doing the the pre draft uh, rookie running back uh, evals, film evals, I think I said that uh, A Chain is the Tyree kill of running backs, um, and I, I still stand by that point because he's joining the offense that already has Tyree kill. Um, so having two Tyree kills on the field, oh my goodness, what does that do to your offense? They like their Tyree kill, so they got another one. <laughs> Not be a complete downer on A-Chain. He is going to be very fun to watch. And just being able to root for him by having him on your team does sound like a nice little plus side. So definitely A-Chain. All right, let's move into Kendra Miller now. Okay. Uh, Kendra Miller went to the Saints. Uh, second, no, third round, excuse me, third round. Let's use the siren. 71st, it's all right. 71st overall, specifically. Thank you, Mr. Perlman. Uh, yeah, I, I'll kick it on over to Jared to start talking about Kendra. I know he loves him very much. Uh, so, Jared, what do you got to say about Kendra? Yeah, I think uh, by now we all know that I'm a Kendra fan. Uh, I was really happy to see him get day two capital. It was huge. Uh, to be the next running back after, uh, I think, you know, pretty much everybody had a consensus top three with Zach Charbonnet being the three. Um, I mean, obviously, and, you know, people changed uh, in sort of the fantasy community and everything. But uh, in the NFL community, it seemed they were top three. And to see Kendra get number four, I, I couldn't have been more happy. Uh, I think the Saints is a good landing spot. Uh, obviously, they do have some competition with uh, Jamal Williams coming in this year. And obviously... Uh, they have Alvin Kamara there, but we expect Alvin Kamara to face a suspension this year. Uh, last offseason, he got in a fight, um, and that has, I believe, run its course. And now, so this year, we expect a suspension because nothing happened last year. Uh, so that gives Kendra a lot of uh, early run, some some week one, week two uh, run, depending on how long it is. He could be the starting back off uh, very early and Jamal Williams, uh, profiles and obviously has been more of a change of pace back throughout his career. So, uh, if Kendra could be the lead back, um, that, that would just be so exciting. It would also give him a ton of opportunity to catch passes that we really haven't seen at TCU, but Jamal Williams is not a pass catcher as well. Um, Derek Carr, we have seen dump off before. And so I think that would be exciting for Kendra's value too early to get some passes worked in uh, while Kamara faces suspension. Um, I got Kendra in like all of my leagues. Uh, I love Kendra. I went with him at 12 uh, and then got Kincaid at 14 because uh, I didn't want him to go. And I got lucky that all the running backs went and got Kincaid in our, in our other league. So um, uh, all the players got the running back. So I was able to get Kincaid, but uh, Kendra is my favorite of that group. I mean, I think he's the RB three now. Um, I, I obviously uh, a chain does have a very good situation in Miami uh, competition wise comparatively, but I still think that um, Kendra is going to be better than Jamal Williams. He's, he's a big back and he's going to, you know, have a different role than Jamal. Jamal has, you know, plenty of usability at the goal line uh, and things like that, but there's a lot of receiving work uh, in line, I think in Kendra's future that people may not have been expecting um, in other situations. And Kamara is getting older, has a big cap hit. We'll see, you know, how his career uh, unfolds at, at the end of it um, in new Orleans. I, I don't, I'm not scared of that competition there. Uh, I'm excited for him there. Yeah. I remember um, when we were doing Kendra Miller's uh, pre-draft uh, film review, um, we all thought that Kendrick Miller had decent hands. Uh, like he had a really low target share, um, but I think that was more so a um, more more so telling of the actual offense and not really targeting the running back position back at TCU. Um, and whenever Kendrick Miller was asked to catch the ball, he would bring it in, even tough catches, even passes that were like at his feet, he would bring those in, uh, turn up field, and get the first down. Um, 
So we always thought Kendrick Miller were uh, is a good pass catcher. Um, so I'm excited to uh, see him get that sort of usage in New Orleans. Um, and I think New Orleans drafting Kendrick Miller on day two, spending significant draft capital at the running back position, kind of points to the fact that their front office expects Alvin Kamara to get suspended. It doesn't really make sense for them to uh, draft a running back this high when the rest of their roster needs uh, some work as well. Um, so with a pretty empty running back room behind Kamara and Jamal Williams, Kendra Miller makes a lot of sense um, because I, so I think that he's going to get decent work this year. Um, I would definitely take him at the back half of the first round. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited to, to watch Kendra Miller and I think he's going a little bit too late in best ball mania right now. So I'm trying to get as many shares of the, of Kendrick Miller uh, while he's uh, down in the 14th round. Yeah, I, I don't have too much to add here. I think that the scenario for him is better than people think. I think Jamal Williams is one-dimensional, and I think there's even a good chance that the Saints move on from Kamara, whether they cut him or trade him. I wouldn't be surprised at either scenario, especially if it's not this year or the following year. Uh, and yeah, we all loved him during the pre-draft process. I think he slipped on his continued to slip under radars because of that uh, little knee sprain that he had that kept him out of some of the off-season drills, kind of kept the hype down. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I just really I, I like Kendra a lot, and I, I definitely I would definitely take him over a chain. And yeah, Kendra's my guy. I love him so much. I hope I have the chance to get some of him, but we'll see. Yeah, I also just wanted to mention yeah, he was one of the top pass blockers, in my opinion, in this class, too. I thought he was just like big body standing people up. So that'll help him get on the field in third downs as well. Uh, I'm, you know, just exciting stuff uh, from the boy of the podcast. We might have to name a few episodes after my man, Kendra, because uh, that's a dog right there. He's going to show out, I hope, now, because now I got too much of him. Uh, but you write under underdog, best ball mania. They better catch up because I'm going to get all that, Kendra. He's about the ball. Uh, uh, the other, the start of the second round though, that's where it starts to get tricky. There's, uh, once you get past Kincaid and all the running backs, you know, we, we skip it on Sharp though. We put in a little disrespect on Sharp. Uh, well, we talked about Sharp at the end of the last episode. I felt like we talked about, you know, the impact, but I, I mean, oh, you're I, right, you're right. You're right. Sharp is Sharp's in our draft has gone after those guys. And I think he should go after those guys. Um, and probably there at the start of the second round, I got him at two Oh one. Um, but, you know, it, it starts to get hairy. I guess uh, not us personally, not me personally. I don't know. I'm not taking Will Levis up there. What do you guys think about Will Levis then as the next pick or before or during the middle of that running back run? Uh, I, I ended up passing on him. That was how I felt there. So, uh, Yeah, I understand why there's hesitancy with taking Will Levis. I mean, it's clear. Uh, didn't go in the first. You know, I mean, is older, has some problems, you know. But I think that once you get into, like, 201 plus, I think it's just good process to take him, even though it's not really that fun and probably doesn't have a high success rate. Just because if you hit, you really hit well. And, again, even though Will Levis isn't a first-round pick, he's going to start games at a point, you know. And I think a lot of Levis is – reasoning for falling in the second round is partly to do with evaluation, but also just partly to do with bad luck. Um, you know, only so many teams are going to draft a first round quarterback. And, you know, it seemed like the top teams didn't quite value him that way. And then, then after that, just the slip and slide up until the early second. So, you know, I, I, I think there's a world in which you're getting a first round graded across the industry quarterback, even though he wasn't taken there in the early second round of your rookie draft. And to me, that's just good value and good process as opposed to taking like a day three running back or a, even like a late second round wide receiver. It sounds weird, but you know, if, if even if it seems like he becomes the starter, if you don't like them, you could probably flip them for a first after a good game, you know? So that's kind of my thinking with Levis. 
it's it's a bit tough, but that I think that you would have to take them after like two one into two two for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with uh, everything that you just said, Kai's. Um, I mean, Levis is on the board right now. Uh, Rohan's on the clock at two three, um, and I know he doesn't want to take Levis, but uh, Levis is the best player available. So I'm sitting at two four. If he doesn't take Levis, I will take Levis. The guy that I really want is Marvin Mims, which we'll probably talk about in a second. Um, but if he takes Marvin Mims, then I will happily take Levis because, like you said, guys, Levis was a first-round graded quarterback. Um, there were interviews uh, where reporters were asking Levis very, very early on in the process, process if Levis was going to attend the draft because he did get invited. He said that he would only get invited or he would only go to the draft if he thought um, he was going top five um, because then that would give him like the utmost confidence that he was getting drafted in the first round uh, and that he wouldn't uh, get disappointed or be the guy on national television disappointed because he didn't get drafted in the first round. Uh, and then what happened at the NFL draft, he's sitting in the green room, uh, very disappointed um, because he was passed on many, many different times. Um, and I saw a report from earlier today that the Baltimore Ravens were going to take him at 22 if Lamar Jackson didn't get a deal done. That's why getting the Lamar Jackson deal done, I think that was the morning of uh, the NFL draft. Uh, they announced the Lamar deal. Um, so if Lamar doesn't get that deal done, the Ravens were taking him at uh, 22nd overall. Yeah, the reports uh, also said he was going top five, though, didn't they? So, you know, I mean, not not guaranteed. That's true. That's also true. Um, but still, it's it's something that's floating around yeah. in the industry. Um, and then at 33, the Tennessee Titans trade up uh, for the – or was it 34? No, it was 33 because the Steelers were 32 uh, because the Dolphins lost their pick. Uh, yeah, the, the Titans trade up to take Will Levis at 33 and – He's definitely the heir successor to uh, the heir successor to uh, Ryan Tannehill. Maybe they even move Ryan Tannehill before the season starts, and Will Levis just starts the entire breaking year. news. Rohan uh, just took Levis. Rohan just took Levis. All right, then I was actually going. trying to trade him for that pick, and I think not to interrupt your thought process, but I think it speaks to the value that I think Levis is. The I think the best I offered was Damian Pierce for two hundred three and Brandon Cooks. And that got declined. Um, it's not a bad offer. Yeah. I, I, you know, that was about as high as I could go. Initially, asked Christian Watson straight up for 203, which, no. I'm surprised um, he actually didn't take that, honestly. I feel like he didn't like Levis. Yeah. and But that does honestly speak to the quarterback value, like you said. Exactly. Uh, there's just the potential of Levis, you know, becoming a starting quarterback. And then, you know, Damian Pierce is an absolute steal. Um, I think, yeah. yeah, you guys are like hitting the head on the coffin to, uh, 202 is, you know, right where I would take him. Shouldn't be falling any farther than that. I wouldn't definitely not would have, would not have taken Mingo over him. Um, but that's okay. Uh, Rohan got a little steal at the 203, even though he didn't want it. And he also already had a share of Mims in our other draft. So now Josh gets to have his share of Mims. So good yeah. for Josh too. Yeah, I freaking love Marvin Mims. The dude is an absolute dog. I remember how much you loved him, Kai's, in the film process. Uh, uh, the, prof the analytical profile is awesome. Oh, yeah. He's he's just a stud. I mean, okay. Uh, shout out Football Insights. Um, college wide receivers at uh, 5.0 or greater yak per reception. And uh, – at least uh, 50% or I guess 49% first downs per target since 2014, minimum 175 targets. That list is Justin Jefferson, Devontae Smith, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, Garrett Wilson, Marvin Mims. Um, so Sean Payton goes up. That's dogs. He, that's a list of dogs. And uh, Sean Payton, his first contribution to the Denver Broncos organization is trading up into the second round to grab the boy, Marvin Mims. Uh, there were reports all offseason that uh, Jerry Judy was on the move, that Cortland Sutton was on the move. They both end up staying put, but um, Sean Payton brings in his, brings in his guy, uh, Marvin Mims. So I I'm excited for Marvin Mims to join this offense and uh, see what he can do in the NFL. 
Yeah, I still think uh, one of those guys gets moved before the start of the season. I, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Uh, Tim Patrick also coming back. But uh, I'm, I'm definitely coming around on Marvin Mims. Like you guys said, the analytics are all there. Uh, every time you see a tweet about Marvin Mims, it's extremely impressive to see what uh, kind of, you know, yards per catch and, and target numbers that he rivals some of the best guys in the NFL right now. So uh, there's a real shot especially as a third wide receiver in that offense, there's, I mean, guys have to guard Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. So if, if he plays the slot, he could be wide open running those deep routes that he's been known for. And that's big fantasy points. Russ, we've seen him be able to throw a deep ball. So uh, last year it, it didn't connect um, year before really wasn't, you know, the best either. So uh, we'll see if Russ can jump back into form with Sean Payton there coached one of the best quarterbacks of all time for an extremely long time. So obviously has a great track record. Uh, hopefully Russ can bounce back because I'm coming around on Mims too. I'm liking the Russ Mims stack in the best ball drafts uh, with a little Dolchich on the, on the side. Uh, I think Mims can be a really, really good player. I was definitely down on him compared to you guys, but I do like the Broncos fit. I think uh, Jerry being the technician he is and then Cortland, uh, Sutton, you know, just being the all around, you know, do it all kind of, you know, tough catch receiver. Uh, they can, you know, Mims can learn a lot from them too. So, uh, I, I like, I like the landing spot for Mims. I think early second is a really good spot to get him in. And, uh, really there's a chance that, that he explodes, uh, and can be the, the second round receiver or second rookie round receiver, uh, that, that explodes this year. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a big, big fan of Marvin Mims. Um, He's just a complete zone beater. Reminds me a little bit of uh, Tyler Lockett in that sense. Um, and Russell Wilson needs his Tyler Lockett again. And Marvin Mims is, could be that exact guy because Marvin Mims can make those really tough catches just like Tyler Lockett could. Um, so I, I can't wait for, to see that duo. Um, quick, quick note. Um, Marvin Mims holds the Texas high school state record for receiving yards in a high school career at 5,500. Um, and he is the record for the most in a season, 26-29 uh, to go along with 32 touchdowns on 117 catches as a senior. <laughs> God <laughs> damn. 2,629 yards and 32 touchdowns on 117 catches as a senior. That's insane. Mm. Damn. That is like 26 yards a catch, like 24 yards a catch, maybe. That's crazy. That is, that is, wow. All right. Marvin Mims, stud. Yeah, I just wanted, I just wanted to add to this about the Broncos wide receiver room in general. I definitely think there's a chance that they move on from like Judy or Sutton. Um, that's kind of in the rumor. We kind of touched on this already, but I, I would, I would suppose Sutton is the guy. I'm not really worried about Tim Patrick uh, interfering with Marvin Mims' production at all. I mean, if you if you don't think that Mims is going to be better than 30-year-old Tim Patrick coming off an ACL tear, I mean, why are you drafting Marvin Mims in the second round? And um, with, I, I think that there's a, a strong chance that Sutton gets moved. Uh, he's on a pretty cheap contract relative to other wide receivers in his tier, and he's locked in, so that's good. Um, and... Yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, it's something just seems like that to me. Like, I don't know why they'd be all in on Mims if that weren't the case. Um, exactly. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what team would be interested in Sutton. And it kind of, like, I, I own Cortland Sutton. And, you know, it's just because I've been wanting to move him because he's such a frustrating player. But there's always that chance. What if he goes to the Chiefs, you know? What if he goes to another good quarterback, you know? And it's just... It's just you're just holding on for that because otherwise you the the show's almost done. But yeah, I like Mims a lot. The profile's great. You love that Sean Payton's going for him. You love that they trade up to get him. Um, and hopefully he can unlock what Russ once had previous. All right, so we talk about Marvin Mims. Let's get into another guy. Uh, I want to talk about Jonathan Mingo. He went 39th, I think, to the Panthers. Um, Going to be linked with Bryce Young. Mingo's an interesting guy. Um, it's a weird profile. Never really produced a lot in college. Some of his like uh, receiving analytics are poor, but 
the combination of athleticism and size is enticing. Uh, and I, I saw some interesting stuff about him too, about how he played in line. We've talked about this, but how he played in line tight end sometimes. Uh, so that was going to impact his receiving numbers. Last year, the breakout would have been a bit earlier if it weren't for some uh, nagging foot injuries. And, you know, I, I, I like Mingo. I think that where you can get him is pretty good. You know, I think that it's like top 50 or so receivers, you know, mean, I think like there have been some second round receivers that go early in the second round that have hit recently. And, you know, I think being attached, attached with Bryce Young and Thielen being older, Chark being a bit uh, kind of old, but, you know, having an injury riddled career. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm cautiously curious about how Mingo can do in that environment. And I like what Frank Reich's doing. Um, so I'm, uh, Josh, I want to hear your thoughts about Mingo and do you, do you echo my optimism or are you more just like this guy needs more college production? Um, so I don't, the college production piece I'm not stuck on because like DK Metcalf had what, like less college production than Jonathan Mingo and he's a stud in the NFL. And, uh, the reason DK Metcalf has been able to be a stud in the NFL is because, of his just freak athleticism and size. Um, and while Mingo isn't quite as fast or quite as big as DK Metcalf, he fits the mold um, in that he's what, 6'2", 225, runs a 4'5", 40, 4'4", something like that, which is just insane um, at that size and having that much speed. Um, so he's definitely a very intriguing prospect very risky though, because um, you have to draft him early second round, and you're passing guys who are just like route running technicians who are probably going to be who are much safer bets to be productive in the NFL, like Marvin Mims, like Josh Downs, um, and even taking him over some running backs like Tank Bigsby, um, maybe even a Roshan Johnson. I mean, I probably would still take Mingo over Tank or Roshan, but I wouldn't take Mingo over a uh marvin mims or josh downs because I, I i like the safety in terms of uh not burning my early second round pick um on a guy like jonathan mingo but mingo fits the profile to kind of hit that ceiling um so it's it's a tough one i i don't have any mingo this year uh, i did have a lot of early seconds and i did not land any mingo um i did pass on him a few times for guys like marvin mims um so it's, it's a tough one, but my, I think my actions speak for themselves because I've, I've faded Mingo throughout the process. Um, I know Perlman did draft one share of Mingo, so I, I'd like to, to hear your thoughts, Perlman. Yeah, um, I, I was pretty happy to get Mingo at 15. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but I had Mingo uh, above Mims and uh, Hyatt and Tillman Rice. I did have him below Reed, though, and uh, and Josh Downs. Uh, Reed, I really like. We'll get into him later. And uh, Josh Downs, just it scares me with the landing spot. Um, how much is Anthony Richardson checking it down to your slot receiver um, when he already has uh, kind of someone that has been working underneath a lot and Michael Pittman already, who I do think is better than Josh Downs. So uh, I'm just a little bit worried. I am, you know, I think the community in general is worried about Josh Downs and so is letting him slip. But uh, I am happy to take Mingo at that uh, first, second round wide receiver, just like the Panthers did. I think it's a good, a very good landing spot for him because, you know, there's very little competition. And Adam Thielen once was a very, you know, a, a technician, an elite receiver, a guy that hopefully he can learn a lot from, even though he has lost a step. Adam Thielen is still, you know, still knows how to get open. He has the, uh, acumen to be able to teach Mingo. So I hope he's able to learn from that. Ole Miss, uh, they run the ball a lot. They like to spread the ball out a lot. He wasn't the most productive player on his team with, or wide receiver even on his team, which is not uh, something that you love to see out of uh, a guy drafted this early. Uh, but, I, you know, Ole Miss likes to spread the ball. So their college stats often aren't, uh, you know, overwhelming like some other players are at different programs. Uh, and so I, I'm also not wary of that. Um, I think, you know, Mingo is one of the only al uh, alpha size receivers that we have in this draft too. So I'm willing to take a shot with uh, a, a guy in Bryce Young there 
you know, they can develop the chemistry over the next couple of years. Uh, I think Mingo has a real shot to be a, a really productive player. Um, he has great yak ability. He's strong. He is fast for his size, especially. So um, I, I really like Mingo. I was happy to take him at 15, and I think that's about where he should go in most drafts. Uh, I do think that Mims is is a is a close pick. I, I'd like the landing spot. I think he has a great profile, but uh, obviously there's just more opportunity for for growth there in Carolina uh, in terms of you know targets and everything at this point. Uh, and tied to who we hope is a good quarterback for a long time. Uh, and Russ has unfortunately looks to take in a step back. So we'll see if he can regain that form as well. But I, I like Mingo, especially at 15. How do you project him out this season, Perlman? Um, where do you think he's in the pecking order in Carolina? I mean, I think he's in basically every two wide receiver set. Uh, uh, we'll see if he start. We'll see if he starts there. I mean, Obviously, you know, like Kai said, he had some inline uh, tight end play. Like he wasn't, you know, an X receiver uh, type guy. But uh, why not, you know, get your guy out there early um, that you just drafted high in the second round when, you know, you're what Terrace Marshall is the other guy that that would be taking snaps. DJ Shark. Shark. I mean, uh, unless Carolina really thinks they have a chance to win that division, which is possible because the division is is horrible. Um, terrible, terrible division. <laughs> but hopefully Mingo shows that he's better than DJ Shark. I mean, you know, it's DJ Shark. Uh, I, I think, you know, we think he's a decent player, but uh, Mingo yeah, should. She's under his belt, right? Uh, I don't know. May, I, actually, yeah, DJ might have had 1,000 yards back in uh, Jacksonville, I think. Um, he uh, had a really good season. Yeah, he had 73 receptions, 1,008 receiving yards, and eight touchdowns. Just barely broke that threshold. Oh, and 15 games. Damn, I mean, pretty good. I remember back in the day, uh, Josh picked him up and dropped him before that season. That I was, did. That was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, we should hope Mingo is better than DJ Shark. If he's not, then uh, Carolina wasted a draft pick, and so are you. Um, but he, he should get out there early, uh, I, I would expect. And I hope that he can, you know, get under Adam Thielen's wing too quickly because that dude is a route-running technician, and he can learn a lot, so. Well, the Panthers are known for burning their second-round picks on receivers who bust, like Terrace Marshall. Mm-hmm. So we will see. We will see. All right. Terrace Marshall was pick 59. Oh. All right. So that's our Mingo discussion. Uh, let's see. Who do I want to talk about next? I think I'm going to pick someone that we did not like during the film review process. I think it was the one of the more consensus negative opinions that we had on a player. But, you know, when a guy goes to the Kansas City Chiefs, he goes to the Kansas City Chiefs and plays with Patrick Mahomes. So we're going to be talking about Rasheed Rice. Um, so if you all listen to our wide receiver uh, film review, we all had negative opinions about Rice. Um, my opinion since then beyond the Chiefs stuff has changed slightly. I learned that he was playing through an injury most of his last year, which obviously is going to impact his athleticism. And, you know, I mean, it's maybe it's not the best process. And the, the Chiefs have shown time after time again that they'll draft some receiver in the middle round and they won't necessarily have a big impact. But, you know, I mean, it's just always the allure. And Kelsey is always one step closer to retiring. But I'm wondering if y'all have any plans to take Rasheed Rice. If he fell to you at like 210, would you take him? Um, curious for what y'all are thinking here. 210, maybe. It depends who's on the board, honestly. Like if any of you I have the 210, and I'm begging he does not fall. I'm begging someone takes him before (laughs) me. Like if they like all the good players go, and I'm left between like maybe I'd take him over Mayer because he was in the third tight end, and you know there is that chance and over the Vegas offense. But I'm not taking personally. I'm not taking Rice over Downs Hooker. Maybe Spears because I do have some Spears shares and it's just the the whole ACL thing, but not Reed, not Tank, and not Roshan. And probably not Laporta either. Once we get down to Hyatt, Tillman, Musgrave, I'll take my shot on, on Rasheed Rice. But we did not like Rasheed Rice. There was not a single one of us that had uh, 
a positive opinion, unfortunately, of Rasheed Rice. So um, I also saw a post that, uh, you know, maybe maybe it was false. I don't know, but that Rasheed Rice was Patrick Mahomes' pick, and the last Patrick Mahomes' pick that we saw was Clyde uh, Edwards. He's really like Michael Jordan, is he? Terrible, uh, <laughs> terrible GM. Yeah, um, yeah. I saw the there was a uh, you know that handshake meme. It was like uh, LeBron and Patty the player handshake. LeBron and Patty the GM, same thing. Uh, they need to stop leave the GM duties to the GM uh, because Rasheed Rice. I, you know, I, I don't think he's got it. But I will say he is a jump ball contested catch kind of guy, and then a yak player. He doesn't get separation. If Mahomes is willing to throw it up, there's a chance that he is really good. Um, but why would Mahomes throw it up to him when Travis Kelsey's wide open underneath? Like, I, I don't know, maybe if the play is constantly designed to Rasheed, but he's going to have to gain a lot of trust before Andy Reid constantly designs the plays for Rasheed, uh, to just throw it up because I don't expect extreme separation from him. And we know Kadarius Tony can, can separate if he can stay healthy, he can he's going to be a guy who's who's open sky Moore, a, a guy who i like better than rasheed rice i would trade rasheed rice for sky Moore in a heartbeat um i i mean both but both drafted in the second round uh and but i think i, I don't know i think their value may be similar maybe maybe sky is still a little bit higher but uh rasheed is a guy i'm i'm letting fall past my 212 hopefully as well i am if if there's yeah I, I, Rashid is not a guy I'm looking at at all. Uh, good for the Chiefs for making a pick, uh, but it won't be mine. I mean, like, Rasheed Rice, because he is tied to Patrick Mahomes, I think he'll be a solid fantasy producer. Um, definitely not. I don't I don't want any Rasheed Rice because once you, once you draft him, you're basically playing, like, uh, a game of trying to catch the falling knife because Rasheed Rice is going to – He's going to have a few games here and there uh, just because he's tied to Patrick Mahomes and he is so good at those jump balls. He reminds me, so I, I've said this so many times, he reminds me so much of Kenny Galladay. Um, Kenny Galladay fits, they're, they're like the exact mold of a player where they're jump ball specialists uh, and the quarterbacks that have huge arms can just trust their receiver, uh, throw him a jump ball and they're going to come down with it. Kenny Galladay had Matthew Stafford. That's why Kenny Galladay had a thousand yard season and, it earned him a massive contract with the Giants. Um, I can see a similar sort of career arc falling for uh, Rasheed Rice, where in his rookie contract, Rasheed Rice is able to have one super productive season. Um, and after his rookie contract, he's going to a, a team is going to be super intrigued by his stats, by his uh, highlights that he puts up, and they're gonna they're gonna pay him, and they're gonna be super disappointed with the product that they're that they're buying. Um, so that's kind of how I envision Rasheed Rice's sort of career arc playing out. Um, I think like a top end comp for Rasheed Rice is maybe like a Cortland Sutton. Um, so that's that, that those are my thoughts on Rasheed Rice. And I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of taking that sort of bet. Uh, yeah, the Galladay comparison is interesting to me because although Kenny Galladay crashed and burned when he got to the Giants, I mean, he did have a couple good years of you know solid fantasy production so if that's what you think he could be and he's attached with Mahomes why not take him with that like mid-second pick it's because look at how he's already valued like this is a second round receiver that is Mahomes second round receiver like it's he went to the Chiefs like Sky Moore was going at the end of the first round last year but we're talking about Rasheed Rice falling potentially all the way to 210 the Dynasty community already has a sort of image value brand around Rasheed Rice where if, okay, maybe he starts popping off. Then, like I said, you're playing that game of catching the falling knife where like you, like maybe your other league mates will are thinking like, okay, like we're just waiting for the wheels to fall off this. Like we're, we're not going to pay anything premium for him. So you'd be selling him for what a second rounder. And then you rinse and repeat the next year. So maybe if you want to play that game, like you can, but like, I like to get my guys that are going to stay on my roster a long time. Yeah, I like that logic, and I'm happy I asked you that question because, I, you know, I, I like I agreed with you mentally, but I wasn't really quite sure why. Um, and so I appreciate you explaining that. And yeah, I, I but that 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 leads to an interesting question though, because you know I think it also depends on what league you're in. 
you know, if you think that there's a reasonable chance that Rice has that year, do you think everyone else in your league is going to think as you do? Or do you think there could be some people who are like, holy shit, like this guy's attached to Patrick Mahomes. He just put up 850 uh, receiving or receiving yards in like a sophomore year. Like, I got to buy this guy. Do you think there, do you think, do you think that way too? Or would you just rather just clean your hands of it and not have to worry about that? I mean, that's definitely a possibility. There's just a lot of other guys in the Rasheed Rice range that I would much rather have than Rasheed Rice, just because I think that they're better players. Um, and even though the landing spot isn't ideal, it's, it's one of those bet on the talent over the situation sort of thing. Um, where I will be, t- I will be drafting the Josh Downs, the Marvin Mims, the Sam Laporta, uh, the Tank Bigsby, the Roshan Johnson. I would take all of those guys over Rasheed Rice, uh, just because I believe in their abilities to carve out solid NFL roles and be um, um, and having long NFL careers. Whereas Rasheed Rice, I see maybe a max four-year window where you could potentially sell him. Dog, give me some fucking uh jade jaden reed man like you didn't even talk about him and and that was my sleeper like that's my dog i'm off jaden reed too and and now i'm not gonna get none of him like he's not falling into that end of second (laughs) early third that i thought i could get him like another highly drafted player that i liked that you know i'm happy he got the draft capital uh 50th overall but God damn it. Give me some. I want some of them. I think he's nice. Uh, obviously, the landing spot uh, could have been better with an unknown quarterback in Jordan Love. But, hey, maybe Jordan Love, the, the heir apparent, and he could use two two wide receivers. Uh, I think Jaden Reed got a chance to be a good player, too. So uh, I agree with Josh. There's just too many players in that range that uh, we actually, you know, we really like their talent. We rated them highly in our film review. All of us, I, I think, you know, you know, we're not maybe the most skilled guys at film review, but we all saw something for every one of those other guys that, you know, Josh mentioned. Uh, and we all didn't see that from Rashi. So I'm willing to to take a bet on, you know, our consensus and our, our thoughts uh, over a landing spot for this one guy, especially, uh, especially because it is the perfect landing spot that everyone just, you know, craves. Everyone wants that Mahomes landing spot, but, you know, that's what, you know, drives up the price and, and there's no guarantee that, he stays there for very long either they just you know teams trade first round receivers the just the giants just did uh to the chiefs treat like teams trade players all the time his value takes a hit no matter what no matter where he goes from the chiefs and he's already valued at 210 so uh another risk that you have to worry about as well all right now that we talk about Rasheed a lot uh do y'all want to talk about Jaden Reed? Do you want to talk about Josh Downs or the two guys that we just mentioned? Um, Josh, what do you think? I just take yourself off of you. Um, I mean, we could talk about Jaden Reed because I know that's Promen's guy. Um, I, I don't know why, but like I haven't been able to click the draft button on Jaden Reed whenever he's been available at any of my picks. Um, I, I thought he was a solid player, but having to take him like in the mid-second, uh, mid to early second, it, it just feels a little gross uh, clicking the button on him. Um just because, like Proman said, it's a big, it's it's a weird situation where we don't really know how good the quarterback actually is. Um, so we don't know uh, how many or like how good of a offense it's going to be. And um, I don't think that Jaden Reed is uh, one of those guys that can be like an elite NFL receiver. Um, I have a lot of skepticism around Jaden Reed just because, like, yes, I think he's a solid player. I think like. He's like a 80 catch, 800 yards, and five touchdowns sort of player. Uh, maybe like a uh, like an underneath like slot guy um, in the in the mold of like a Randall Cobb. Um, and like yeah, Randall Cobb's a good player. Randall Cobb had like one or two wide receiver one years, but like that's kind of like his absolute ceiling in my opinion. Um, and Randall Cobb is a lot beefier and a lot quicker than what I see from Jaden Reed. Uh, Jaden Reed does have very nice hands. He does have uh, a very strong ability to find the underneath route. He's able to find space in like, against zone. He's got good uh, ball tracking skills. There, there's just he, he, it, it seems like he's lacking a little juice. It, he lacks like that next gear um, that you really want to see from NFL wide receivers. Um, but maybe I mean, the Packers have been good at drafting second round receivers, so maybe uh, they're going to make me eat crow. So we'll see. 
He's uh same height, four pounds heavier than a guy uh, we talked about a lot uh, during the week, uh, Jahan Dotson, um, a guy that is a, a great route runner, a jump ball specialist. I don't think he's got the hands of Jahan. The Jahan's hands are just absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, already maybe even top five. Love Jahan. Shout out Jahan. Uh, but I, I think Jaden Reed is a really good player, and Jahan Dotson also took a big hit uh, to his ADP kind of going to a, a – bad situation um in the commanders but i think you know he's going to prove people wrong again this year uh especially if he can stay healthy and i like Jaden reed i think he kind of can do it all he's not the biggest guy uh but he has size i mean he's 5'11 he's one almost 190 you don't have to be huge to be a wide receiver uh in the nfl so uh, i think that's you know plenty big and unfortunately i don't have very many mid seconds so uh or really any of them i have uh early seconds and late seconds. So I, I just haven't been able to get myself any Jaden Reed, but I'm really hoping he falls in this draft uh, because I, I think there's, a, I think there's a real shot that Jordan Love is a good quarterback. Um, I've been shooting out the idea that maybe we should draft him in our, uh, in our um, startup that we're doing right now, because I think there's a real shot that Jordan Love can be a really, really effective fantasy player, especially. Um, but, you know, if he is a good thrower of the football, I think he looked really good in the one game that he did play uh, this like, you know, he could be a, a cheat code in some, some of these later rounds. Um, I've gotten him in the best ball mania. I think, you know, he could be a good quarterback. He, people, you know, sleep on him. He was a first-round quarterback. The Packers tra traded up to draft him to be the heir apparent. It's been a long time. Um, maybe I'm a bit too optimistic, but I do think there's a real chance that he could support two wide receivers. And uh, Jaden Reed is definitely better than Romeo Dubs. Um, and, you know, he may even be more – refined as a route runner than Christian Watson at this point too. So um, I think, you know, there's a real chance he sees the field very quickly. And if Jordan Love is, is anything, then he can be a real asset to a team, I think as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested in this Packers receiving room because it's just wide open. And also I think undervalued because people are not really expecting any, like anything amazing out of Jordan Love. Uh, and I think there's value to be found here. And, I think Jaden Reed's kind of the face of it, but also, I mean, not to bring up a UVA guy, you know, but Dontavian Wicks went there too. And I think that's someone you could pick up undrafted and, you know, just kind of stick him there and, you know, maybe just hope that he's able to eke out a role. I mean, that depth chart is looking very bare right now. But to focus more on Reed, yeah, we all liked him during the process. Jared, you especially did. And, you know, I th they lost – I was looking at, I saw some stats today and I regret that I don't remember who it was, but they're talking about how the Packers just lost all of their guys that ran out of the slot, whether it be Cobb, Lazard, or even Tunyon. And these aren't even like, that's like, these aren't, aren't stars or anything. And, you know, I think some of that will be taken up by one of the rookie tight ends that they drafted, but you know, Reed should be Love's like best friend this year, you know, because Watson is going to be the outside guy. Dubs, I guess, will be the other one, you know? But, like, that slot is wide open, and I'm interested in it just for that and perhaps Love's predisposition to pepper the slot as he works on getting comfortable starting at a consistent level. Yeah, you guys are bringing me around on uh, on Jaden Reed. Um, might have to grab a few of him in Best Ball Mania. Um, because you're right, this Packers receiver room is completely open, and Jaden Reed is probably the best route runner out of all of the guys that are in the Green Bay receiving room. So maybe just out of just pure necessity or pure just opportunity, Jaden Reed's going to uh, burst onto the scene. So I, I, I like it. I like it more and more now that we talk about it. Dude, he's like wide receiver 84, I think, in best ball mania right now. Like – that's just, you know, that that's insanely low for a guy that was drafted 50th that's overall. Great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think he was, I think he was the next wide receiver after Mingo. Um, but yeah, I mean, second round draft capital, a wide open receiving room. Uh, it's just the question marks at quarterback really with the change, but wide receiver 84 uh, going in the mid second round of rookie drafts. Like I really hope I can get him at the late second at my 212. Um, I might have to, not post this until Ani picks tomorrow. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I like Reed the most uh, I do. Um, but I, I would take him over guys like um, Spears, 
Bigsby and Roshan. He was drafted higher, and I think there's a real chance he plays better as well. I'd even take him over Hendon, who was drafted later, but uh, quarterbacks, you know, they shoot up draft boards as well. Um, I, I really like Reed, and I expect uh, him to have a good rookie season compared to where what people are thinking right now, especially. Prom, how do you rank these second-round wide receivers? Include Downs in there, too, and we can talk about them. Yeah, I'd probably go uh, Mingo, and then, oh, man, it, it, it's a toss-up between Reed and Mims for me, and then Downs and Rice uh, afterwards. Uh, I think I would probably take, uh, I don't know. It would be tough. I don't have any of those picks. I would be real torn between Mims and Reed, I think. Uh, I, I'd. Oh, damn, I don't know. I think I'd take Reed. <laughs> I think I'd take Reed. Um, you take Reed over Mims. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I rated him higher in my ranks. He was drafted higher than Mims. Uh, more wide open depth chart. I'm liking it. I'm on the Jordan Love train. Okay. Okay. I uh, The Packers I would also take Reed over Mims. So I'm just throwing that out there. I disagree, but I I can see I can see the. Uh, I can see how that would play out in Reed's favor. Um, so I, I don't hate I don't hate the take. Um, I just disagree with it, and I just took Mims over. <laughs> so yes, um, you did. Actions speak for themselves. <laughs> uh, so let's let's do a quick thing on Downs. Uh, I know I kind of already discussed Josh Downs, and you know my kind of disdain for his landing spot uh, with. Anthony Richardson uh, being the mobile quarterback that he is uh, kind of how much is he going to check down? They have two outside receivers in Michael Pittman and uh, Alec Pierce already who they drafted in the second round last year. Pittman is in the last year of his contract, but you'd think they'd want to keep their weapons uh, for their rookie quarterback because they're not spending at quarterback. So we don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, But downs is, is a, is a technician. He's a very, very good route runner. He should be in every three-wide receiver set off the rip. Uh, but Alec Pierce does things well, too. There are different types of players, so there's going to be different types of uh, roles for both of them. I think they'll probably come out uh, and switch on different plays depending on what the situation calls for. Um, and, you know, I just don't know how much Anthony Richardson is going to be looking at that underneath route, uh, but maybe Josh Downs is, you know, just wide open like he always was uh, at UNC. So. I'm a bit worried. Um, I, I, Josh Downs definitely moved a bit down my list, uh, but I do think he's a really good player. I mean, I, we all rated him very high in our ranks, uh, but he he also fell in the NFL draft, so that was curious as well. Um, I was surprised to see him, you know, barely make the second or, or day two uh, draft capital. So um, I definitely thought he would go, you know, maybe second round or at least early third. Uh, so I was surprised by that. I'd uh, be curious to hear what you guys' thoughts on Downs is and, and where you have him right now, too. Yeah, I was really surprised that he went this late. Um, I really like Josh Downs, uh, both analytically and on the film. It's just with Richardson, I really like Richardson. I just don't really view him as a guy that's going to be, like, peppering wide receivers and, like, feeding them, you know? And I think the Colts are going to want to run as well behind Taylor in that offensive line. Additionally, you know, they got Michael Pittman too. So it's and Alec Pierce. I mean, I think he's probably a Jag, but he's still a solid player. Um, but, you know, maybe he sees Richardson as the safety guy, or excuse me, he sees Downs as the safety guy. And then it could work out. You know, I think if you're getting that toward the end of the second round, that's, that's pretty good. You know, I just, I start to get skeptical though of these third round wide receivers, you know, it just, it starts to become kind of a no man's land and it becomes harder and harder to, to predict uh, or to even find good ones. Um, I, I do think it's a bit easier when it's a slot receiver. I think that projects a bit more literally from college to the NFL and, you know, especially a guy that is primarily slot like downs will be uh, that will tend to make them fall in drafts, not necessarily due to talent, but more so just because of one dimensionalness. If that's, uh, if that's a word, but yeah, I, I like, I, I, I love downs talent. I really like watching him. So I'd be very comfortable taking a mid second and beyond. Um, Josh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I really like downs as a player. Um, 
I, I didn't really understand the pick from the Colts. Uh, like you guys said, um, don't really see Anthony Richardson being the guy just like pepper in the slot, but maybe they have a plan for using both Josh Downs and Anthony Richardson because they did spend uh, premium draft capital. They used a day two pick on Josh Downs. And Josh Downs is a really good player. Um, he probably is the best route runner in the Indianapolis uh, receiver room. While he is uh, smaller in stature, I think he's going to uh, disrespectful, disrespectful, disrespectful. Uh, wait, you, you think you think Pittman? Pittman's just yes. big body. No, Pittman is a great route runner. That's disrespectful. Disrespectful. <laughs> that's, that's all. I just that's disrespectful. That's. that's Keep, keep As going. you can tell, I'm not a huge Michael Pittman fan. Yeah, um, and I'm a little bit sad on Michael Pittman's uh, for Michael Pittman's uh, fantasy output this season with Anthony Richardson because they're probably going to run the ball a shit ton because they have a great offensive line. They have Anthony Richardson, who's built like Cam Newton. They have Jonathan Taylor, an absolutely elite running back. Um, so. I'm really curious to see how this receiver room shakes out. I, I did draft one share of Josh Downs earlier today. I uh, drafted him at like 211. And if he's falling that far, like I'm going to take him. I'm going to take a shot on, on him all the way back there in the draft. All right. Yeah, that seems to wrap up our discussion today of these round two uh, prospects. I think we got through a good chunk of them, had some good conversation. Um We'll be back next week with some more Dynasty Fantasy breakdown. Make sure to give us a follow on our Twitter at the Unending Rebuild. Uh, if someone could remind me if there's a the in that, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, no. At Unending Rebuild. <laughs> Guys, unending go rebuild. follow the wrong account for us. For you. <laughs> I, I don't even know our socials. You know, that's just how <laughs> down to earth we are. Um, so true. <laughs> but good luck in your rookie drafts, and we'll see y'all next time.